Here's what's coming up on this week's show. I can kind of massage a book into that range, if you know what <laughs> I mean. Either way you said that. <laughs> the Beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. We're a smorgasbord of the best business experts from around the world, all designed to help small business owners grow into big ones. Don't forget, if you're listening for the first time or you've listened to us before, hit follow or subscribe, whatever your platform needs that you're listening to us on right now. And that helps to big us up in podcast land and you don't miss out on all our exciting future episodes. Today, Claire, we're doing something we've never done on the podcast in over a year. Mm-hmm. We're splitting one subject into two halves. Yeah, and this is really cool. And, and I don't know why we didn't think of it before, because some of the sub, sub, subjects... <laughs> Sorry, that's a combination of subjects and topics. Subjects. What's a subject? <laughs> subject oh my days uh they're such big topics that i think they deserve to you know have where credit's due and actually be expanded upon hence why we can break it into two yeah this one quite nicely gets into two episodes because there are two distinct halves uh with this particular topic and that's how to write a business book something that's becoming more and more popular uh in fact you can see Everyone seems to be writing their own book at the moment. They are. It's something that I would absolutely love to do, but um, I do believe that you have written your own book. Yeah, I've done it, but I think this is going to be really interesting listening to what our guest says because I went around it in a sort of a bit of a backward way because I was actually asked and approached by a publisher mm-hmm. to uh, write a book. Uh, it wasn't a business book either, uh, but it was a, it was a non-fiction. But um, because I was asked to write one, um, I didn't go through the whole Mm -hmm. process in a way that most people would so uh, to find out how you would go about doing it from scratch and finding a publisher uh, or maybe Mm -hmm. publishing it yourself these are all things that are all a bit new to me yeah of course I guess you didn't go through that process of shall I shan't I if you were asked to write one then that decision was kind of taken out of your hands and did you enjoy it 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 was just like yeah okay yeah yeah sure I will would you like to write a book (laughs) yeah go on then so we're going to be speaking to Mindy Gibbons Klein And Mindy refers to herself as the book midwife. And what Mindy does is she coaches business owners and people who would like to actually explore and understand more about what it is involved when writing a business book. This is the Big Little Business Show. There are so many people now that seem to be writing books because, well, firstly, self-publishing has become much easier to do and much more uh, popular now. But I think the first question anyone needs to ask themselves before they even think about writing a book is, is it even worth it? Uh, Well, the answer is yes, Uh, but there's a lot of different ways to arrive at that answer. For each person, it's whichever one of these resonates with them, if any. But what I've found is uh, they divide into two camps, personal and business. And the personal reasons that make it worth it are... Things like sharing your story, a sense of pride, leaving a legacy, um, proving something to an English teacher who told you you couldn't write. I'm holding my hands up for that one. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Proving something to an ex. Uh, I could go on. But there's uh, the business ones, and, and mostly my team and I are working on business books. Those are around credibility, Um, impressing someone enough that they want to work with you, 
actually selling books, parlaying the book into other products that you can sell, hmm. uh, packet, you know, etc. Having written a book myself, uh, I know the work that's involved in putting it all together. I don't think I realised how much work was involved before I actually started. So what things do you think are important to understand and to know before you even begin? Well, to think about those things, I couldn't list them all again exactly like that, but to, to actually list out potential reasons why. You know, what is, what is the driver? If it's simply, oh, it's a trendy thing or publishing is easy, just because publishing is easy doesn't mean that everybody needs to write a book. And, you know, many people shouldn't, but that's another story. Um, I've got many, many stories of people who had a strong reason why, but when we started working with them, they came up with more reasons and more desired outcomes. So you need at least one good reason, otherwise you won't do anything in life. So that's the first thing to think about. How high, how, how high is the level of motivation? And then are you willing to explore different things that you could do with it and speak to the professionals? That's what I would say, to save time and headaches up front. So, um, I mean, I've read a few business books. It suddenly occurred to me I haven't actually read yours, Paul. <laughs> I, I expect I just, I've got to be honest so yeah I'm going to pop the one I'm going to send you a copy yeah, make sure you do definitely uh, is there a certain style of writing uh, that maybe would work better for certain people because the books that I've read have been written so differently um, you know some sharing you know certain pieces of information and worded in such a way whether it be broken down into chapters is there a certain style that maybe people should be swaying towards? Uh, well, thanks, Claire. Every book needs chapters, in my opinion. We, we've just been um, mm-hmm. pitched a book that doesn't have chapters, and it's it's making me nervous mm. simply because anything that is, is something people can't recognise is, is difficult to pitch. But um, what kind of book? It really depends on, again, the outcome, which is why we always want to start with why. And... The first thing I would say is, you know, if you're trying to do something for credibility or business, then you really need to think how that book is going to reflect on you. So, for example, I'm not a big fan of swear words or even with the little asterisks. Um, I, I just think sometimes it's just, you know, gratuitous uh, attention seeking. And that also reflects on the person, you know, that's kind of a lazy way to get attention. That's a very specific example. Um, Sometimes people need to raise credibility by writing something serious and with a lot of examples and a lot of references, footnotes, and it needs to be almost like a textbook. And that's required, um, you know, for, for their audience to respect them. And, and to get something from that book. Other books are more conversational. And then there's a whole range of um, length of the book. My, my kind of theoretical minimum is 120 pages in the final book and theoretical maximum 300 pages these days. Oh, so you work it by pages, not by words then, Mindy? No, I do work it on words, but I, I can kind of massage a book into that range if you know what I, I mean. the way you said that never i never never heard of anyone massaging a book before that's brilliant <laughs> well this is the book midwife <laughs> that's true yeah true when i've read some of the business books i think how on earth can you write that much mm. where does you know where does it come from well so- that that is be- well i believe and i'm sure you'll agree and i'm sure our listeners will agree 
that people should embark on a book project um, and write about a theme that they know something about. So I'm being a bit glib here. I would say they should have an in-depth knowledge. Um, I'll use the word expert, but you know that has connotations. They have to have in-depth knowledge so that they can have some substance to the book, you know, and prove what they know. So I, that is the point, in fact, of, of writing a book about your expertise. And uh, at my companies, we call those expertise books. Obviously, there are rules with writing a book. And I don't mean rules as in things that you have to stick to, but kind of things that everyone does that are given, like having chapters uh, and like perhaps having uh, some references at the back or whatever it might be. So I guess if you're writing a book or thinking about writing a book, it would help to read some other books within the category that you're thinking about writing for and find out kind of how they're doing it and then maybe adopt your style to uh, to, to, to add to that book, perhaps. Absolutely not. Oh, really? I think what happens when people read a lot about their subject, as well as watch videos, listen to podcasts, you know, they're, they're consuming everybody else's take on, on the subject and cluttering up their mind. And it, is, it actually becomes more difficult to find the points of differentiation. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it, thought of it that way before. I, I, this is what we've noticed over the years. And in The Thoughtful Leader, my latest book, I stress to people that they really need to keep themselves in a bubble. Because if, if someone's thinking of writing a book, I'm talking to our listeners now, if you are thinking of writing a book, you know enough. You already know enough. You've read enough. You know enough. You do not need to do heaps of research and become an expert on everybody else's stuff. True. Plus, you can risk plagiarizing. Yeah. And the worst thing of all that happens, Paul, if you don't mind me adding another kind of spike into the coffin, is you when you're reading all this stuff, you, you risk actually um, hurting your own fragile self-confidence about yourself. You, oh, my gosh, that's so good. Oh, gosh, it's already been said. Oh, look how he put that. There's no point me doing mine. And, and this is a, a very insidious thing that happens when people are just starting out. Um, and again, this is what I've seen. And this is why I speak so passionately about it. Stop reading, stop watching, stop consuming, put yourself in the bubble and give yourself every chance to write something unique. In terms of with, with the name of the book and you know the title, how important is that to get it right? And would you start off with the title before you've written the book or would you wait for it to, to come to you? So that, that depends, Claire. Sometimes people have the title because it's the title of their training course or something like that. Sometimes it comes to them very early in the process. Um, but we never start with the title. We never force the title. That's what I was wanting to say. You don't have to force a title. Um, you also don't want to be too clever nowadays. Sometimes, you know those titles that kind of make your teeth hurt? <laughs> you, know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you think, really? I mean, it's subjective. And I would say the title is one element. So if someone wants a successful book, the most important thing is they're writing the right book from the heart with their expertise hat on and writing it for the, for the right reasons for them right? So whatever those are. Mm. And then following certain guidelines um, or rules, as you call them, to really make sure it fits so people recognize it as a book, for example, and it looks the part. And then all the other elements are things like the title, the cover, 
the style, the, you know, and most importantly, oh, sorry, everything's most important, <laughs> but the other most important <laughs> thing is how it's promoted because there are many excellent books that people have not heard about because the promotion wasn't enough. Sure. What do you think is uh, more popular at the moment as far as book titles are concerned? Being blatantly obvious with the subject, so it's you know quite clear what the book's all about, or being a little bit, you know, uh, yeah, a little bit sort of cryptic with your title. From what I've seen, and again, this changes almost day to day, the literal titles are doing better because I just think people are tired, especially, you know, after the pandemic and, and they just, we, we have so much stuff being thrown at us. We don't really have time to think about something. What does that mean? And, you know, they're on to the next page um, or the next book on the shelf. So I would say... If you have a really good, clever idea, like a play on words or something, it could work. Uh, I work with my clients in a very specific way, and that's one of the things we look at. And we try to keep that open as long as possible. Is it going to be literal or is it going to be a bit of fun? And we don't know. And, you know, sometimes uh, it's very surprising. Mm. So, okay, so we've got to the point now where, where we've decided we're going to write a book. We've done, perhaps done a little bit of research. Uh, is, do you think at this point it's important to know before you start writing stuff down whether you're going to approach a publisher to publish it for you or whether you're going to publish it yourself? Get the book written because most of us publishers, I know we're, we're not speaking about the publishing right now, but you know, myself and all my colleagues, we want to know that that book is going to materialize. We want, there are so many instances, you wouldn't believe it, of book deals being done and the book never being delivered. And that is a very serious problem for a publisher who's put resources in, they've earmarked a, a publication date, there's you know money spent, there's efforts, and then everything has to be reshuffled if that book isn't going to be launched. So I won't have any publishing discussions with anyone until the whole book's written. And that's me and, I, and a lot of my colleagues are the same. We just we don't have time for a lot of promises and, and pipe dreams. So how does the actual um, writing process work? So do you would you submit it when it's completely finished or would you send it in parts? It really depends. Again, um, without going too much into the publishing detail, there are thousands and thousands of publishers out there and they all work in a different way. So the one thing I would say about publishing is... Um, well, actually, I can't say it briefly. <laughs> There's too much to go into. God, Mindy, just go for it. Uh, well, We've got all the time in the world here. <laughs> the thing is, they there are so many different types, but they do chunk down into three main types of publishing. So if you're going to self-publish, that means you're going to do it yourself. You have total control. You can do what you want. There is no publisher involved, and there's nobody sort of validating what you do. And so that's one way of publishing. And then using a publisher, there are many different kinds. There's the traditional, there's the big publisher, there's the big four, there's the hybrid or cooperative publisher, and there's everything in between. So it really depends on how they want to work. What I would say is, um, no, I, I mean, I can only speak for myself that we, we want to know the whole book is there. And, and that's, I'll, I'll just stick by that because um, the, the book is going to be edited. And, and again, there's so many different kinds of editing. Okay, so, excuse me. So you uh, spoke before about um, 
making sure that you don't actually research too much other people's books because you could then maybe be copying some other people's content, which would then take the um, the attraction of what you're writing yourself away from you. Um, what are your thoughts with actually sharing you when you're writing a book, you know, your own personality, um, you know, your, your own unique selling points? Do you think that it's important to include that in a book or not? I think so. I think uh, our listeners would agree that we like reading the books where the author shares a bit of themselves. I'm sure you do. I do. That's just human nature. Unless, and I have done several degrees, if it's academic, it's really not appropriate. So, you know, when I'm reading a textbook, it's more about theories, facts, um, learning, you know, teaching something and case studies and that sort of thing. I don't think I've read much of, you know, the author's life in the textbooks that I've read. Mm. But, yeah, I think nowadays, you know, business um, relies on relationships more than ever. So we want to get to know the author. Before I started writing my book, I asked a couple of writers for some um, advice. And one of the bits of advice that I was given more than once was uh, once you start writing, don't finish until you get to the end and then look back and start editing. Otherwise, you'll be forever editing it. Do you think that's a good approach or do you think you should do some editing as you go along? Which way do you think would be the best way to do it? So thanks for asking that question because the book midwife methodology relies on getting a first draft done without looking back. That's our model of the world. We think that works best. Um, when you start looking back and editing, you, you know, it's time, it's, it's you get into the totally wrong part of your brain. And again, remember the fragile self-confidence that, it, you know, it could really knock you. I, I know people who have edited and re-edited and, and talked themselves out of finishing the book. So we don't want that. Yeah, I think that was the thing that... Th- cross my mind as well as if I when I start editing because it, there's how do you know when to stop I guess you're never going to be 100% happy unless you're the kind of person who it depends I guess it depends on the person really mm-hmm. but uh, I think that yeah I think you're right I think you've just got to start writing and, uh, and not stop I think sometimes you can look at things and just and just keep on looking at it and overthink it yes and just keep going over and over and over again and then as you say you'll never be happy with it and when do you stop <laughs> Well, that's the beauty of having a book coach, if I can do a two-second plug, because mm. the coach will keep you on the straight and narrow. The coach gets you started in the right way, and you've got a, a plan that you've agreed, and you know they won't let you do that navel-gazing um, if they're a good coach. So uh, do you think it's a good idea to have a synopsis first or a plan? Yes. And how would you do that then, Mindy? Would you... Or, or perhaps it's it's personal. There are different ways of doing it, perhaps. Or do you, do you th- would you have a chapter list, or would you maybe just write out a sort of a structure in your head so you know where it's going to, what the beginning, middle, and end is going to be? How would it work? Um, well, again, I can only speak from the book midwife methods, but we do a very comprehensive um, four to six hour uh, planning set session, and it's. Um, it's pulling all kinds of things into the plan. So the content, but also the desired outcomes, the uh, essential elements of the ideal readers, the style, the ideal style and tone of the book, the ideal length, um, the balance between stories, the length of the stories, the, I've said tone. So is it you know humorous? Is it personal like Claire was saying? Um, all these things. And then of course the content, 
you know, to scope it out at the right level and to include everything that needs to be in, but leave out anything that doesn't need to be in. So all of those things can and must be in a good plan. And that is why most people don't get to write their book because they're either not capable or not willing to sit down and do that themselves. Um, but it, it really needs to be done and it saves a lot of time as well. Do you think there's a good um, method or a good set of habits to adopt when you're writing a book to make sure that you stick to a timeline? I mean, uh, unless you've got a deadline, it's very difficult to maybe set your own one and sometimes you, writing a book can last forever. So do you think it's good to set your own deadline and say, oh, I need eight weeks to write this book. I've got to make sure I do so many words per day or which way would you approach that? Thanks. I learned this the hard way because my first book took me 10 years. There was no deadline <laughs> and uh, I can laugh now, but it was really sad because a friend of mine had died and I wanted to write about it. And I, I did all those things we've been talking about, navel gazing, round and round, doubting, um, you know, re-editing, and, and uh, I also spoke to all the wrong people. So literally 10 years after I started it, it finally was published. Um, where a publisher gives you a deadline, like in your case, or a target date, then you're supposed to meet it. But if you haven't got one of those, or... <laughs> We, when I set up the book Midwife, we used to do a year-long program because I thought, you know, a year, that's a good length of time. But it was also a good length of time for people to hide <laughs> and uh, not do their books. And then we reduced it to six months and then finally hit on the 90 days. So about 15 years ago, we said, right, it's 90 days every time. And that's our programs, but I would suggest that to anybody, even if they're not doing a program with us, that that's a good length of time that it's very part-time. You can put in about eight to 10 hours a week and still do your work and still raise your family and whatever. But yeah, I think it's important to set those parameters. Otherwise, it just goes on and on. Yeah, I mean, it really helped me. I had six weeks. Mm. Uh, I think I'm glad I had that six weeks because I needed that discipline to break it up and say, right, I've got to make sure I'm this far ahead at this point in time so I deliver it on time. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I agree. I think it's a great idea to have a timeline. Um, a year seems like a long while to write a book though. I mean, just can it take that long? Well, <laughs> it, it did when our, when our program used to be a, years, a year in length, yeah. <clears throat> so I didn't have any idea what I was doing. When I set up this company nearly 20 years ago, it was because I had a coaching and marketing background and I'd published a book and I put those things together and I thought, right, here we go. But I, I certainly didn't have a process and I just thought a year would be a good length of time. Turns out 90 days or 12 weeks is better. We've talked about this before in um, previous episodes. It's reminding me that, you know, we have to have some goal and some somewhere to focus on. Hmm. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts with regards to um, editing? We've talked about, you know, how time consuming that can be would you suggest to somebody that they really should be looking at hiring an editor or not always if you're working with a good publisher then that's included but if someone's self-publishing i would recommend very strongly that they get a good editor yeah and are there different editors for different types of book yes i mean there are the subject specific ones you know i've I've had a few people writing very technical things and they wanted somebody who would understand that and be able to look for things that weren't right. Um, I guess fiction, I don't work with fiction at all, but there 
that that's that's an art <laughs> editing fiction um yeah there's different types yeah so i guess it's important not only to find a good editor but find a good editor that works in your niche business book editors they can cope with um books about any type of business topic is what what i've found um but if we're talking outside of the business arena yeah i think you know shop around and, and have a look at what they've done look at the books they've done don't read them too carefully like we were saying but <laughs> before we move on to the whole publishing thing uh let's kind of wrap up with the writing side of things uh, and obviously unless there's anything else you wanted to add that we might have missed off but let's maybe have a like a bit of a rundown of uh, maybe the top three things that are important mindy's top three rules to writing a book oh gosh i think we've covered them but it's great if i can summarize here yeah oh. let's do that <laughs> Uh, begin with the end in mind, to quote the late, great Stephen Covey. And that also means start with why. Um, that's important. Don't embark on a book project, which is on average 100 hours of your time, unless you know why you're doing it. Uh, the second thing would be consider if, you know, if you're going to get help, get help early. So this, this is what I didn't say. Um, I said really use the professionals, but the best time to get help is from the beginning. So what a lot of people think is, uh, let me write my book and then toss it over the fence to an editor and get some input. My goodness, the number of things that I have been sent unsolicited where I, I just, I couldn't give them any input and hundreds of hours went into that. And I just wished that I had worked with them from the very beginning. So if you, no, that's interesting. Yeah, if you want help, the, you know, and it's unfortunate because our brand is the book midwife, and the midwife is not always there at conception, <laughs> except if she's having the baby. But you know, the, the, we we've had people think that it's about publishing, and it's not. It's about getting help, advice, guidance, and ideas and support right from the start before you even do any outlining or planning that's yeah tip number it, two <laughs> I, I i i could see, totally see where you're coming from there it's quite a writing the book is probably the big the biggest part of it isn't it yeah and and it speeds things up so we can save somebody 50 to 100 hours by getting things right from the start and and not having to redo things or you know, the worst thing of all is if someone writes twice as many words as they need and they have to cut, or if, if it goes down the wrong track and they have to unravel it, and, and the, you know, you just want to avoid all of that. It's hard enough <laughs> without all of that. Um, is there a third thing? I, I would say um, imagine that this book is going to be published because, as I said, there's thousands of publishers and publishing solutions out there. So it's not a question of will it be published. Imagine that it's going to be published. What will that mean? Where do you want the book to take you? Where do you want to take the book? You know, how is it going to be part of your life? Um, a book is like a child. You know, I would say that <laughs> running the book midwife. But seriously, you wouldn't just have the baby and then say, okay, next. I mean, you, you've got to nurture that thing. You've got to, to well, you meant to be a good parent. So it's the same with books. It, it is a serious undertaking. We can have fun, but it's still a serious thing. And it, it isn't, you know, a book is not just for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, the, the, the important thing that we haven't mentioned uh, with having a coach to help you 
in the writing process as much as in the publishing process is the whole accountability thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, I had the accountability because I had a publisher who was looking, breathing down my neck and saying, when's this book going to be finished? Uh, but if you're choosing to self-publish, which is what we're going to come on to next week, then uh, it's important to have that accountability and someone still having someone breathe down your neck a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we don't call it breathing down. <laughs> No, that's a bit sinister. Sorry, I didn't mean it like that. Nurturing, supporting, um, encouraging, inspiring, and listening, and guiding, and and yeah, okay, kick up the butt and. <laughs> this is the Big Little Business Show, the podcast with bigger tips for small business. For me, what really stood out is the attention to detail when really understanding why you are writing about what you're writing about and also as well to make sure that you're sharing your own personal view and not comparing and researching other people who have written about the same thing and trying to adapt what you're talking about to maybe other things that you've read. Yeah, she came out with a few things that surprised me. As I said at the beginning, I have written a book, but I did it in a very different way to the way she's describing it and the way most people would write a book. A lot of these things didn't um, really appear on my radar when I was putting together my book, but it's very interesting what she was saying about not researching um, other people's books um, because you can so easily make a comparison. I can totally get that. Mm. Uh, That was something I didn't do, but I didn't do it purely because I didn't really have the time to or just didn't even occur to me to do that. Mm. Uh, But I can understand why you shouldn't do that because actually that could really put that seed of doubt in your mind couldn't it i would have actually done that i would have um i know i would i would have just looked at some other books maybe picked out some similar topics and read them and thought i wonder how they're doing it but i think what is really powerful here is what comes back to we've talked about before about being yourself and being authentic and people will enjoy reading how you write it rather than trying to duplicate and copy other people there's a couple of good examples of that because I know we've had quite a few authors on the podcast before and what's really interesting is we meet them for the first time we might sort of read their book first and then do the podcast with them when you reread the book I, mean, I did this with John Lamerton who we, we had on the show last year and I think we've had him on the show a few times and he's written a few books and having now got to know him when I read his book I can hear him talking in the book does that make sense? Yeah and that's I think where the magic happens because people will your personality will come out through the words and you'll recognize and i recognize that person and i think especially if you do write maybe a series of series of books yeah they're going to be recognizable and people will actually really want to keep reading if you're teaching someone some business skills for instance or a particular set of business skills then having a little bit of personality in the way you write just makes the whole thing for me personally so much easier to read Michael Heppel who we had on the show last year um, he's written a, a bunch of really really interesting books but he writes them in such a way that just makes them a pleasure to read. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you need to enjoy reading it because otherwise, if you don't, you're just going to put it down and not pick it back up again. Yeah, so that was an interesting first half of this two-parter. And in the second part, we're going to be talking about publishing. Uh, Once you've written the book, how do you get it published? Do you approach a publisher and how do you do that? Do you publish it yourself and how does that work? And I understand there's probably some benefits and maybe some pitfalls to um, maybe both. Yeah, I'd guess so. I mean, where would you even begin with it? So it makes perfect sense to uh, talk about this and explore it a little more. And of course, you can continue the conversation about business books or any of our other back episodes. Just search for Big Little Business Show on Instagram, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, 
or you can get in touch with us via the website biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and leave us an audio message whatever platform you're doing that on because we like a little bit of an audio message and we might even play it out on a future show so that wraps it up for today thank you so much to all of our listeners for all of your lovely feedback it's so glad to hear that you are enjoying the show and of course a big thank you to Mindy for sharing so much invaluable advice about how you can write a business book Make sure you check out our library of back episodes on a wide variety of topics to help you to move your business forward. There are actually over 70 now to choose from and we will be returning with part two of this episode next week. Say bye-bye, Paul. (laughs) That sounded really seedy. That sounded Australian. (laughs) (laughs) It did, actually. Say bye-bye, mate. Oh, I don't know. It's a combination of a few consonants that was, I think. Oh, that's all right. Now we're back in Essex. Goodbye. Bye-bye. The Beat. You've been listening to The Big Little Business Show with Paul Mumfords and Claire Horsley. You can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. Big Little Business Show.